Oh, sandwich. Hi. Hi. De- we're definitely not doing this intro for the second time. We did not have to abort time. anything. I did not just finish shoveling something in the backyard. <laughs> we're moving on. We're, I'm, I'm def- this is definitely not the second time we've done this intro. I have to, had to hear the song. Yes. Uh, had to shoo the dog. All the same energy. All the same energy. And pretend like nothing has changed. What Absolutely. changed? Nothing. Hey, are you down with the sickness? You better not be. Oh, I'm going to. Uh, yeah, the bit we did before, we definitely didn't. Any- Let's go. <laughs> God damn it, man. <laughs> that was a good intro too. That was a great oh, intro. Oh well. Uh hi Geeks of listeners, Geeks of TNG listeners. Hello. Hope everyone's doing lovely. As I know this time I'm actually being recorded right now. Yes. Let's just check that real quick. Oh, We're going, bitch. right? I'm pretty sure everything's being recorded okay. okay. Listen, we can do at least two more intros. And then we just have to just Fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do, <laughs> we'll it, do it live. We'll do it live. Um all right, well, everybody. This is gonna be a day. Um, Welcome to yeah. This is this is <laughs> episode five thirty nine of Geeks of TNG doing it live. <laughs> uh, we'll do it live. We'll there do you it go. live. That's that's the name of the goddamn sh- episode. Do it live. Uh, thank you so much for downloading the latest episode of Geek Stuff TNG episode five seventy nine. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> Might as well just try to get it right eventually. Yeah. Uh, we are big Kevless. Yes. Uh, he is on vacation in Japan right now. Yes, currently uh, enjoying all the wonderful things Japan has to offer, excluding coronavirus. Excluding coronavirus. He better not get fucking sick, bro. I'm going to get so pissed at him. <laughs> I can't make any more jokes. I'll just... <laughs> <laughs> Clark, I will, because he won't tell me, because it's like a two-week period before you like get it, and I won't know. I'll just make horrible jokes, and then, hey, guys, I'm sick again. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. And now I'm the asshole. <laughs> you know what it is? It's For me, I feel like karma's going to catch up to you. Yeah. Where like the most like they're you're gonna catch the, the sandwich virus like it's gonna be so original it's a sandwich that they're virus. but they're gonna have to name it after you whatever the virus ends up actually being like oh, they'll actually have everything to name it I after. eat just tastes like horrible wheat bread <laughs> sandwich virus <laughs> like stale like stale rye bread. stale rye yes stale exactly. rye bread so there you go um, and also to hit on Patreon. Because I haven't done that yet. Yes. Uh, Let's hit on them because they're beautiful and I take them out to dinner. Beautiful sons of bitches. Patreon.com slash GeekStuffTNG. You're able to uh, support the show, which helps us out with a lot of behind the scenes stuff here. And you can also uh, uh, chat with us, be a part of, uh, interact with uh, us and, or mostly me because you guys suck. I was in there. Uh, shush. And uh, uh, help us with uh, various levels of the show. For $1, you can access the Discord. Think of, if you don't know Discord, think of it as a... Uh, a special chat room. chat room for the Geek Stuff listeners. Able to talk about everything pretty much under the sun um, related there. For $3 a month, you'll get the latest show a day and a half early, which is usually Tuesday night. If it doesn't go Tuesday night, that's usually my fault. Uh, <laughs> sneak peek at the, the week's episode and Discord. For $5 a month, you'll get the weekend bonus show, which is done by me. Uh, sandwich, I don't want to hear your excuses. Um, I try to do think more of like kind of like a spot, like a op-ed spot kind of uh, for that day to kind of jump into things. Uh, and um, this past week I did uh, on the Blu-ray, um, uh, not for resale, Ooh. talking about physical media for like vintage gaming, talking about the industry, the highs and the lows and the good and the bad of that, which was very interesting. I believe it. Gaming's in a point right now where uh, everyone's just buying it, downloading games online. So... You don't have to even use a disc. So uh, so I will say I went to, um, as a side note, I did, before actually earlier today, yeah. or on the way home from work, uh, stopped by Digital Press in Clifton, New Jersey. Ooh. Highly recommend anyone who hasn't been to it. Even if you don't 
excuse me, if you don't care about vintage gaming, you should go check it out for sure. Uh, and I just picked up like, I try not to buy uh, games at a certain price point. Yeah. Because for me, part of the fun is trying to find them at a, at a good price, like to, like bargain with people and yeah. everything. It's a coupon high. Kind of. Yeah. There was two games from my childhood. Okay. Um, of course, I'm forgetting the name of them right now. One was Arknoid. Which was the first game? You're, you're like a you're like a bar, and you have to hit a ball to to hit like certain bricks. Oh, that the, thing! The first that's the first video game I ever played. It was like at a pizzeria and art arcade, and <laughs> um, damn, I can't remember the name of the other one. It was like a shoot 'em up game, um, kind of like a Contra S, but not nearly as good. I can't think of it. Uh, I can't think of any other Contra S. I, games. I'm gonna Google. I'll figure it out during the break if anything. But I just kind of love that stuff, yeah. and uh, it just kind of piques the in, the debate about digital versus physical and this and that. So I like that aspect of things. Uh, and for ten dollars a month, uh, you'll be able to chat with us via the live Instagram, which we're seeing some people jump on board right now. See, West Coast Scott is in there. Can you see who the other ones? Uh, yes, who's I, there? I definitely cannot. Okay, I'm about can. to get up and look. No, no, do it from your phone, if anything. I don't have the Instagram on the oh phone. Oh, my God. Okay. Hello to the people on Instagram. Hello. We just can't see right now. Um, you are all from, important, from and we love you all. Level for sure. Uh, so, yeah, so that is our Instagram. Uh, and the, like I said, it really does help us out a lot uh, in terms of the the good and the bad and all that stuff. Uh, Absolutely. Here, so there you go. Um, let me see if I can see who's uh, from my iPad, because now we don't have Big Kev. Uh, that makes it a little bit easier. So there you go. Um, oh, let's see. Everything's easier without big cameras. No, with saying? an iPad, motherfucker. Um, so shush, don't, don't, don't try, don't try to start anything. Um, okay, so on this crazy friggin' note right now, because it is just a shit show of, yeah. of a day already. Um, there's lots of not so good things in the news. Yeah, but no. I, I want to talk. I just want to lead off the show because this would have been the top thing of the show yeah. last week. Yeah, if it wasn't for Disney, because the Disney news feels like ages ago now at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's been it's been that way for a while. Now. It really is insane, uh, and it's the fact that DC's uh, now um, sole publisher and chief creative officer Jim Lee has indicated that DC won't replace former co-publisher Dan DiDio uh, while speaking at a panel during C two E two. Uh, Lee told the audience, quote, uh, there's continually no new things going on. And I look at being oh, sole publisher now and the team I'm working with much more in the trenches now than ever before. We've seen uh, we've been with Warner Brothers for decades. Lee elaborated the actual strategy for DC is to put publishing at center of what we do. It's the engine of all movies, TVs, cartoons that we do. And so it's intent going forward as the publisher is to lean into collective years of my team. Um, while also talking about, uh, let's see, he also addressed the Marvel aspect of things. Uh, uh, he says, to address some of the stuff that is out there, these rumors, total speculation, Lee explained. I wouldn't put any credence into it. DC has been around for 85 years and will be around for another 85 years. I hope to be doing this panel in 85 years. Um so it looks like he just kind of really wanted to set the record straight and uh, uh, and kind of just kind of put a kibosh yeah. and put an okay on things. Now, first of all, when people were saying that Marvel would take over for the books. That's, that just makes no sense. I don't know me. where that came from. That sounds like one of those like conspiracy theory guys. It was like Marvel's going to take over everything and Marvel's going to get DC and then they're going to... Uh, there's no way in hell that... 
Marvel would take DC because I feel like Marvel needs something kind of like. Now, when you say Marvel versus T- uh, DC, just to elaborate on a point there, there's no way they're going to like work in tandem to make sure everything's okay. You know, buy, you know, if there's ever a deal down the road to buy characters, who knows what could happen? Oh yeah, that that depends where the landscape of everything is. But they're not going to play nice in the sandbox with them. I just can't imagine that happening whatsoever, because I, I think people don't real a, a lot of people I feel don't understand the credence of how one company is owned by another one. So uh, Marvel owned by Disney. Yeah. Um, DC Comics owned by Warner Brothers owned, owned by, by AT and T. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't actually understand that whole um, corporate umbrella, uh, as it were, for uh, for things. So, I I think that's something that people really aren't getting, yeah. and um, I think that's how that rumor started. Yeah. Makes no sense to me that people will even support that rumor. Like if you. Because it's easy to talk about something negative or something that's just absolutely like conspiracy theory. Yeah, like honestly, like I've heard some whacked out conspiracies just in general. Mm-hmm. And of all the dumb whacked out conspiracies, that like tops my list for a little bit. I was like, well, who would believe that? Yeah, that is a little bit on the, the crazy side. Now, everything else, the health of the industry, uh-huh. there was a talk about with like, you know, is the problems with 5G going to be playing into everything? No, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Like it, and it, that's a weird connection. Um, one thing that it's safe to say is that if DC and Marvel, all they need to do is break even uh-huh. for the com for the comic books themselves, yeah. the actual books, what they can have to do in Tamden is, um, license off more toys, license off statues, games, shirts, you know, then there's the movie. I'm not even going to talk about the movies and the TV shows for a second. That's like a whole other yeah, a whole big other thing, realm. but there's so many things that they license off that it totally offsets all of the, the the money from the comic books. They just, like I said, they just need them to break even, and it goes with both Marvel and DC. Yeah, Image and some independent creators that's a totally different story, um, but that's because they have the licensing power over there. Um, I feel like DC and Marvel, you know, they got such what's the word for it? like just deep. No, I don't want to say deep pockets, but like they have they have different avenues of revenue. Yeah. That's what it really comes. If you're looking at like image or something, it's like they don't have much more to rely on or they, they just, you know, they're a little more limited in what they can do. Yes. Yeah. I would absolutely agree with you there. Uh, now, um, what's up, Will? Uh, see, I I now have the Instagrams. There's there's a little inception for you. I can, I'm kind of Instagram's watching Instagram, Instagram's watching Instagram. Um, (laughs) go down that rabbit hole. There you go. Um, I, I still think there's like a lot of drama that happened behind the scenes there. I still would love to know what happened. And I'll be the first to admit that um, I don't know DC as well as uh-huh. Marvel and Image. Mm-hmm. Just coincidentally, it's not like I have a problem with DC. Um, so I, I can only, I don't even have like a, an assumption of what might have happened. It's just like a total, like out, out of nowhere guess. I feel like maybe it's one of those things... Looking at this, we're saying, you know, we got a lot of people on my team I trust, and they're working on new things. But this was maybe like, it's like a, a a bad. It was a bad way to handle like new blood. Maybe. I don't know, like, like does that make sense? And it's so well, yeah, I guess. But I think we're all guessing. Like, it's just it's weird because with the Bob Iger thing with Disney, 
Like we knew that was going to happen. It was yes. in the works. Like he said, he's going to step down. He's been doing this for a long time. He's going to step down. Just the the there were timing of the timing of everything. Like like he moved up that timetable so early that it surprised everybody. This is just totally out of nowhere. Yeah. And and is there's more I'm, questions than answers than anything else. I'm more shocked they don't want to replace him in any way. And they're just gonna, I guess, move forward without the position. I mean, I don't, listen, honestly, I don't know a whole lot in like exactly who they could replace him with. But the fact well, that right now it's gonna be Jim Lee. Is it? Is that what right? Saying? Right now, Jim Lee saying he's gonna be the sole guy who's gonna be taking care of everything. Uh. So, I mean, Jim's been around the block, so obviously he knows. No, something, um, about something. I don't know. I don't know managerial wise if that makes sense. We'll see. Um, but it'll be kind of see the thing is also we're looking, we're reading these quotes. I'd be very interested in actually seeing this panel. Yeah. Um, to kind of actually read the room, get more of a exactly read the room, kind of feel the expressions and the tone of his voice uh, on this. This is one of those things where we're not going to probably hear the full story either ever or until someone comes out with a book, <laughs> like everyone else. Does. Quite possible. It's very, you know I mean? it's Where very they'll, possible. They'll talk about the the Dido assassination, basically, or Didio, however you pronounce it. Didio, Didio, the Didio, Didio assassinations. At least you didn't say Dido again. Um, all right, so right. that's a wait and see right there. Yeah. Um, believe it or news, believe it or not, that might be the more uh, mellow news of the day compared to all the crappiness that we have Jesus, to hit on. Yeah. Uh, actually, no. Let's read a, a quick comment from Will. He just hit us up um, in the Instagrams. Oh, hi, Will. Uh, he says, uh, it's like Dan left the meeting room to take a call, and when he came back back in, they told him they took a vote while he was out, and he was out. <laughs> it does seem that way, Will. That's actually a really good analogy right there. I'm going to go get a coffee real quick. <laughs> he, Where's my stuff? Would you say he, would you, and would you say last week he was the dad that went out for a pack of cigarettes and just didn't come back? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It almost feels like that. No, it's almost like he went off a pack of cigarettes and all the kids threw his shit out on the front lawn. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, okay, let's switch it up. Uh, now. To much, uh, yeah, to much to other more, news. To much more other news. And this kind of goes with the song that we have um, before. But it's dominating the news cycle. Actually, no, let me let me preface this. Uh, when we changed the whole TNG format, yeah. I made it very clear. I want to make sure we avoid... You know politics, what's going on in the news? Like, let's just talk about our. Let's culture keep it relevant to what we're. Yeah, like about. this is a fun podcast. I want to keep it out, but this is just one of those times where it's bleeding over in such a way. It's affected so many. It's different... dominating the headlines. Oh yeah, um, in a variety of ways. Um, so, and, and some of them are a little over the top. Like we don't need to know everything, but some things are big. In this case, um, there's a new report. Uh, the global film industry. Uh, is looking is facing a five billion dollar loss amid the coronavirus outbreak. Um, I'm not going to go into the numbers of the virus by any stretch of the imagination, um, but here's the thing: that is a giant fucking number right there. Yeah, that's fucking. That's a lot of money. Movies are being delayed. Movies are not getting the um, the impact that they thought they were going to make at the box office. Yeah. Um, Sonic was one of them. Yeah, but even, but being delayed in some some markets hasn't hit yet. And I think China at all, and and I think Japan. Yeah, yeah, I think which so. makes yeah. sense. Um, there was talk about the uh, Invisible Man, which we'll talk about that later in the show. But there was some concern there, and um, 
when a movie makes its, its international debut, that helps kind of like really put it over the top. Oh, yeah. Like, let's, you have your budget and you have your marketing, which is marketing itself. I don't think people realize how much money goes behind the marketing aspect of things. Um, but that's, the, that's what kind of sets you over, over the top. It's nice if the domestic release can help you break even. Yeah. And the international really the sets you yeah, over the top. That's what, that's where you make your money. <laughs> now, why does this impact us? Because having that kind of a loss means that um, other movies will not be made. Mm-hmm. It means there might be cutbacks. Yeah. Um, people may lose jobs. It's going to affect Could, a lot of people. You know, I don't want to call it a, a mini recession. That's way too extreme. <laughs> but but there, this may be like a blip on the radar where, where it's kind of hurting everybody. It's going to trickle down and it's going to affect all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it really does suck. Um, and, and like I said, it, the, it's way too early to tell. We're going to be able to tell more really towards the end of the year. Yeah. Or maybe. Maybe like after they have a better handle on Maybe this in the next frequency. three to six months. Yeah. Like after the quarter ends and everything. It also depends obviously where, where the virus stands at that point. Um, so there's a lot of different angles and a lot of it's developing um, at the moment. So. It's just something to kind of be cognizant of where um, it can hit you in different ways and you don't even realize it. I'm not even talking about like 401k or any of that jazz, um, but it's something that you just kind of need to be aware of. Sending you in places you wouldn't even realize it could be hit. <laughs> exactly. Honestly. So in, in this case, one of them right here, Disney Plus cancels its European media launch event due to the coronavirus. Uh, they were supposed to set up the, it was supposed to be happening ahead of its launch on March 24th. Uh, Disney said it will instead organize a Disney Plus executive press briefing via a webcast for next week. Now, let's say people again, people are sick. People aren't making money like they used to. Maybe they're not. They're not going to rush to get Disney Plus. Maybe at yeah. the exact same time. Uh, so there's that give and take. And Disney's not going to make that same amount of money. They may raise prices for parks. And again, these are all hypotheticals right here. Yeah. But I'm just kind of throwing out like an example uh, of something where it actually it's, matters. It's a domino effect of fuckery. That's coming down. Th- towards, that's towards a us. perfect way, honestly, of looking at it. Uh, now, some of the the crazy headlines, which really you can ignore. Um, it's more of a oh, this is happening. Is Disney World adds more hand sanitizer at parks, hotels amid coronavirus concerns? That's more of like a a by the by. Like we're just going to ease your nerves. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, like maybe they should just have that because coronavirus aside, some of the people who I've seen at Disney World are just nasty. You know, what like somebody at work said something along the lines of like. You know, saying happy birthday twice when you're washing your hands so you make sure you kill all the germs. And I'm like, listen, I'm kind of like a germaphobe in that way. Like, I don't like people even t- like bumping into me in the streets. Like, yeah. I'll move on the sidewalks, you know, walking around Manhattan. I just want some of the people at my fucking job just to wash their hands and I'll be happy to begin with. Like, <laughs> they're nasty. Some people are a little nasty side right yeah. there. Now, um, I know we're talking Disney right there, but it's also worth, it's worth pointing out that others... Other media companies have kind of said the exact same thing. What are media CEO sites nominal coronavirus impacts? Um, again, Warner Media, as we talked with AT and T. Yeah. So many different aspects of that one. It's the same way. People, I don't think people realize really how big AT and T is um, in that retrospect. But they're expecting um, a a huge hit as well at the exact same time. So. It's going to be hip, hitting across different landscapes, different media aspects um, at the exact same time. So what might do well, though, is Netflix, 
Last I checked, like their stock was even doing pretty well. Mm. Because with Netflix, you can just enjoy it from home. Yes, yeah. you're staying home. Might as well just turn on the Netflix. You know, I, I would be curious as to what, um, like streaming gaming companies are doing. Oh, like Twitch and. Well, you have your Twitch, but like I know, like uh, on PlayStation Network, you can buy games online. Same yeah. things with like Xbox and Nintendo. So I'll be kind of curious, like if that sees a bump at the exact same time, um, and. You know, pretty much the amenities that are there for you that allow you to stay home but still enjoy something. Yeah. Whether it's food, you know, someone getting something delivered to your house, something something digitally coming into your home, something along those lines. I'd be kind of interested to see how that. I feel like people are freaking out. You know, it's like you said, like, oh, it's not a mini recession. I feel like people don't realize now, I feel like how much you can honestly do from your couch. (laughs) It's true, though. Honestly, like my mom, you know, she works from home. Five okay. days a week. My dad works from home whenever he wants. And they have good jobs, you know. My dad's an accountant. He can work from home. He doesn't have to go into the city to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can order food online. My mom does food shopping from her computer. And then they have it sent to her house. Like, literally, you could do everything from home now. Mm-hmm. So, maybe in these places where, you know, yeah, we might go down, you know, at the movie theater. You know, those places might get hit, but your Netflix Netflix is going to go all the way up. Hulu, HBO, it Max, might, it, or whatever. It'd be kind of interesting in that part, just to kind of see how some of those companies... It all balances out in the end. That's why there's no way that it's going to be as... It's going to hurt, but it's not going to hurt as much as we think. It's not, you know, a deep injury. We can recover. <laughs> no, true, true, true. And uh, to bring up a point, Will just uh, sent us uh, in the chat room... He says uh, he bet it brings another possibility for first-run movies at home. Mm. So, so if there is a, a digital release, if there's a Blu-ray release, you know, because you know you could have those delivered to your home. Um, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to see what it, if that kind of helps out certain companies and and, and certain aspects there. Yeah. Um, shameless plug right there. On that note, um, check out Grindhouse Video <laughs> in Tampa, Tampa, Florida. Um, they sell Blu-rays, DVDs, VHSs beta of uh, horror movies and they're fantastic because <laughs> i know you're all about that shit absolutely all sure. about that life um kind of switching off corona for for just a moment as it were um, our corona. so 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 by the way that's that would you say our corona our corona uh that's that's a that's a a timeout on the on the coronavirus and kind of back to uh more of our our, our daily snap back to daily, reality oh yeah. it goes rabbit Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, but again, the, the other reason I wanted to also kind of bring up the whole coronavirus aspect is the fact that it's dominating even our headlines. And, and it's it's causing – there's a delay in products and there's so many different aspects where the coronavirus is even hurting us. So that's why I really wanted to mention that. E-Rock's in the house. Hi, E-Rock. Um, E-Rock. So I want to talk about The Invisible Man. Yes. The movie. Yes. I saw it Saturday with my old man. Oh, Nice. We talked about the mummy before. I, I know you and I have talked about. It. I don't know if we talked about it on on mics. Um, I wanted to love the mummy. Yeah, I really wanted to be good. I thought the the looks, the aesthetics. Didn't have a problem. That it was a female. Uh, I thought Tom Cruise. Honestly, he did the best with what he had. Yeah, but it sucked. I wanted to love that movie so so much, but it was so bad. I so I like the Brendan Fraser mummies like a lot. That's so. that yeah. It, I see. It, it was that same. So to me, it was like that same kind of thing. It's like, oh, yes. you know, I like that. So going into here, maybe I'll enjoy it. Uh, going yeah. into Visible Man, I knew very little about it, uh-huh. which I liked. I liked that kind of setup. Um, and I didn't know what to expect. I fucking loved it. Ooh. I thought it was so damn good. 
My dad had a few complaints. Okay. This is going to be spoiler free, by the way. Okay. No, no spoilers at all. Um, the only thing that I, I will hint at was like my dad's like, oh, it was too like kind of like silly, funny at one point of the movie. I'm like, well, no, they're putting the, 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 the main character, this woman on this pedestal before she got like taken down a notch, like terribly. And that kind of like helped really like elevate the character. No pun intended. That really helped with the character. Um, right there. What the hell was her name? Um, Elizabeth Moss. Okay. Uh, which debuted at uh, $29 million. It's not bad. Uh, and uh, looks like they made the movie for, I believe it was seven, $7 million, Oh, I nice. want to say. So they had a much, much smaller budget. They did not go crazy like the way they did with um, the mummy, the last mummy that is. This was such, this is the way it needs to be. Low budget horror. Now, in terms of the special effects, uh-huh. excluding any time where like they might have added like clouds or like a drop of blood, like something where like you really need to pay attention to really know that sort of thing. There is only like uh, maybe two scenes, maybe three at most where it was like CGI is like all up in your face. Yeah. But it was just a damn good story. It was, it was a psychological horror thriller. Okay. I would kind of put it in, in that realm of things. Um, uh, West Coast Scott goes, uh, what's up, E-Rock podcast cro- crossover event? Question <laughs> mark. It's Eric Geek stuff. Ooh, that'd be interesting. I like that idea. Ooh, oh my. Um, anywho, um, yeah, no, Invisible Man, absolutely worth seeing. Now, if you're not a horror fan, I still recommend checking it out. Okay. Because it had so many other good elements involved um, with it. And I I feel like the Invisible Man story, for the most part, um, has been retold in so many different variations, more than any other character, uh-huh. where I think it totally makes sense. Totally makes sense for a redo, where unlike Dracula, Frankenstein, it, it kind of needs to have like a certain you know, you need, path that it has yeah. to take. This is a little bit more, you know, this character anyways, I feel like is a little bit more loosey goosey in that capacity. Uh-huh. Um, I really, really recommend checking it out. This is a great movie to have, you know, phones off, nice twist here and there, multiple twists. Um, and like to the point where not only was I disappointed, there wasn't like an after credit stinger, <laughs> uh, but I want to see what they do next with this character. And if this is, now the take two of you know the dark world that they're doing or or what the kids are doing with these characters because they are they are doing what was it it was bride of frankenstein and there is there was dracula and bride of frankenstein and elizabeth banks is also working on a separate film uh for invisible woman of for universal so I'm praying that it's piggybacking off of this in some capacity, because um, I'd be really, I'd be really upset. I'd be really upset if this was not, if this was ignored. Yeah, because it was just that damn good. Um, again, the old man, he was okay with it. I am all in. All right, all in. Do you, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to start a universe with the second movie. I know, like. Do you think they just leave Mummy alone and don't talk about Mummy? Pretend, pretend like the Mummy never happened. And just move on? Just move on. And it's just try to do like... I'm okay with it. Let's just pretend like that was its thing. We let it go. And we just keep on going. Because it was an 
the problem is it was an action it was a big budget CGI action movie with the mummy label on it. Yeah. Bloomhouse showed them how you can do this on a small budget. Really good horror doesn't need to have an insane insane budget. I would love to know um what the highest budgeted horror movie is of all time. With and with the biggest return, I'd be very interested in that. Do you know? If so, you can call the GVM hotline at two zero one seven three zero two five four seven, and you can hear yourself in a future episode of Geek Stuff. TNG. TNG. So yeah, I know. I obviously I really care about that shit, but um, I'm sorry. I feel like uh, the Universal monster movies are just in a special place yeah. uh, in, in movie uh, history, right there. By the way, as another side note. It was a hundred year anniversary of uh, the cabin of Dr. Caligari. Yes. You're speaking words at me. Oh my God. It is like arguably the first horror movie ever from the silent film era. Oh wow. Okay. Sandwich. Watch this movie. It is no, like honestly, this is something where it's like, um, I mean, it's legendary in its own right. And, I think that it inspired so much. Yeah. Since I think it's a big inspiration to Tim Burton. I think uh, it was a big inspiration for just storytelling. And nothing like that was has ever been seen at the at, was ever seen at the time. Put that on your on your list and your in your classical stuff. Like I mean, it's a hundred year old movie. That's you know, and it's still really fucking good. So, there you go. Um, Sandwich, do you feel comfortable to take us to break? Yeah, sure. And with that, uh, Mr. Mayhem, we'll take our first... And Rocky. And Rocky. We'll take our first and only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG. Hey, episode 579. We'll do it live. For now. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Ahoy hoy, welcome to Game Stuff. I'm your host, Coke Logic. <laughs> Ori and the Will of the Wisps is due out March 11th. It's the sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest, which was a beautifully animated side scrolling Metroidvania. And while there are many approaches to how to handle a sequel, like radically different genre or overly evolved gameplay, this seems like one of my favorite types of sequels. More of that thing that was good. Unfortunately, Will of the Wisps is not announced for Nintendo Switch like the first game, but will be on Xbox One and PC when it's released March 11th. <laughs> Out right now, as in the present day, you can play the demo for Final Fantasy VII Remake. And holy hell, they did a great job! The game really is a remake, as it doesn't play exactly the same as the original. It's no longer only an active time-based RPG, but you're controlling the character and you're literally hitting attack like a Kingdom Hearts game. But they didn't just make a hack and slash. If you ignore the RPG elements of issuing cure spells and using items, the game will hand you your ass. The game gives you two characters to manage, Cloud and Barrett, but like the original, you'll be managing up to three. 
which will bring RPG-ness back to the game. It was very intense at times, seeing that Cloud needed to be healed, but neither character's ATB meter was full, therefore no items or spells could be used. Thus you needed to keep attacking as that would speed up the meter regen. And therein lies the RPG. Although, I'd like to know if they would add a mode to just play it like a menu-driven RPG like the original. They hinted at that before, but that did not seem to be present in this demo. If you have a PlayStation 4, go download it today. It's a good size demo, taking about an hour to complete. I almost didn't want to play it because now that's an hour subtracted from the experience from the final release, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> and finally, after marking The Division 2 down to $3 on all consoles, they've now released their new expansion, Warlords of New York, which is available now for $30 on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. This is CokeLogic signing off for GameStuff. Bitch, what you don't know about me, I can just about squeeze in the grand fucking can. Hey, this is Kevin Smith, Big Kev's love slave. Did you know I always wanted to be a dancer in Vegas? And you're listening to Big Kev's geek stuff. What do you look so shocked for, man? Fat bastard does this all the time. He thinks just because he don't say anything, it'll have some huge impact when he does open his fucking mouth. Jesus Christ, mouth. why don't you shut up? Live from Studio M, it's Geek Stuff TNG! With your hosts, Mr. Mayhem, but... And Rocky, the dog. He <laughs> <laughs> just heard a lovely little commercial from our friends over at Build X-Wing. Build X-Wing, home to the one and only eight, 118 scale on the market. 118 scale X-Wing on the market, which is perfect for three and three quarter figures. It's a great piece for collector guys and diorama guys and people who just like things in scale. It's fully detailed and fully realized. It comes with many fabulous details like places for the bombs to go on the ship. The ship has lights, R2-D2 goes boop, bop, and beep, and the X-Files go out into attack position. Ooh. We here at KickSuffTNG like to highlight the deluxe edition comes with working landing lights, static figures, the little people mover, and the static Luke Skywalker for the cockpit. We here at KickSuffTNG always cockpit. recommend, yes, cockpit, that's the actual term, always recommend that you use your three and three quarter figures for your cockpit, but to each their own. It also comes with a fabulous little magazine guide with nice little tidbits about the X-Wing, how to build it, and you can bind it very nicely once you're all done, put it on your shelf, and really appreciate it for all the beauty that it is. Ooh. So now I'm going to jump into my little bit, which I do every week, stolen from Kev himself, where you're going to go to a convention with your friends. You know, you've been a long-time Star Wars fan ever since you were little. Maybe you went to see the movies. Maybe you went to see um, one of those things at the movie theaters where they do the, the like uh the older movies in theaters you know what i'm talking about the re-releases the re-releases no if they had like a, they had an official term for it i forget what the name was and you're gonna see you know that x-wing there a nice beautiful x-wing and say wow that looks awesome guys let's go check that out you walk over with your friends and you're gonna marvel at it it's gonna move up and down maybe you're gonna see all the pieces there and you're gonna say you know this would really pull together my room that's you know? something i have said before i i've been you know i've been collecting star wars figures for a while now you i've know. never said that part though eh. <laughs> i've been collecting figures for a while now you know and this is something i really want to look into i really really would like this are you going to ask hey how much does this run for and he's going to say it runs for x amount and you're going to say wow that runs too fast my wallet does not catch up <laughs> What this does over at Build X-Wing is they give you an affordable way to get the piece you want, the piece you need to pull together that beautiful collection that you're building right now for your Star Wars collection. So if you got to reach them, they're at buildxwing.com. But if you have your telephone ready and available, they're at 877-544-6779. That's magical. Huzzah. Good job. Good job, kid. Good job. Um, all right, we have a few more things that we're going to hit on here. 
Um, let me scroll actually to the page. Oh, we forgot one other story. So we have some D and D stuff to hit on the news today. Um, oh, you don't want, you don't want to do the bit where where you ask me a question. It's that time of the night. We turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's D and D. With the legends of yore, it's D and D. You fucking asshole. You know what? OG's not here anymore, sir. I know. Mr. Toy G is not here, so uh, someone's got to <laughs> fill in okay. that role. Mr. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so we have some D and D stuff that's going on today. Yeah. Um, first things first, and you are very excited. Very excited. Very actually. excited about this. So kind of what I was saying before about like conglomerates owning everybody. So D&D and Magic the Gathering. Yes. Both fall under Wizards of Coast slash Hasbro. Yes. Uh, and they have a book that is going to be coming out in ba, 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 I can't, I can't. June 2nd Ooh. for 50 bucks. Yes. Uh, Mythic Odysseys of Theros. Yes. Uh, the contents of this will be a supernatural gift abilities. New races like Leonin. And Satyr, S-A-T-Y-R. Satyr. Satyr, thank you. Subclasses, uh, Bard's College of Eloquence, Masters of Oratory, yeah. and the Paladin's Oath of Heroism, an affirmation of destiny laid out for you by divine providence. We have mythic monsters. These are creatures that are fit for fighting gods. We have godlike weapons. An alternative cover available by Kevin Long at Ooh, Game Stores. I should look into that one. So, I'm assuming, I don't know if that's the one that we have in the prep sheet here. I don't know either. It looks pretty epic. It does, but I, I mean, don't know. Looks, I don't know if it's epic enough for an alternate cover. I think it's cool, but. I know. mean, so it's still a nice cover, though. You have to admit that. Um, so, you're the big d and I, I like D&D a lot, but yes. you're the big, big D&D aficionado <laughs> of the three of us here right now. Right now, so yeah. what what is what are your thoughts right now of this book and the um this lay this plan here? Because I'll be honest with you, this this is intriguing um for me right now. Um and I'm kind of I don't know what they no, apparently they've done stuff before D D and Magic. Yes. Um They did one book before, which is about uh Ravnica, which is basically think of it like basically an entire planet that's one city. Okay. That's just like the entire, there's just all cityscape, no oceans, no valleys, no nothing, just straight city. Okay. And that's a very prominent place in magic. Um, who is this it? I think this is the the alternate cover. Let me see. Holy shit. So Theros, for those who are, uh, they're both really nice though. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll get the alternate art one. Probably Theros for those who are not, uh, acquainted with magic is basically think of it as like, uh, you know, like Greek mythology for Magic the Gathering. So, you know, they, you have your gods, you have your heroes, you have things similar in Greek mythology, like Krakens and satyrs or like go people, centaurs. It's that, you know, Greek mythology vibe. Okay. So it's a really, it's a really interesting place. Actually, in one of my campaigns that I was a player in, my first one that I ran to completion, okay. we played a large portion in Theros. So, like, it's a place that people who, like, play Magic, I feel like, and play D&D have always been interested in. Because, you know, because D&D and Magic are under the same house, a lot of people, like, in D&D Beyond or whatever, they do, like, kind of, like, knockoff source books. Like, they do, like, a, 
uh, impromptu crossover kind yeah, of? Yeah. Okay. Well, there is some material where, like, if you wanted to, like, run in this world, you could. Because who the hell's going to stop you? It's just yeah. for fun. So. Yeah. So I'm really excited for this. And I'm really excited even more for the prospects going forward of them using their properties of magic and going into the worlds they have there. Cause there's a lot of interesting places I think where they could go and, you know, fight the monsters there or what the part that I really like too, is that, you know, there's characters in the game of magic that mm-hmm. are, they, they fit them for D and D and it's crazy to think, you know, like this is real. Like this stuff is, they have someone worked this out and, I'm just really, really, really excited. I saw this news today, and I like lost my shit for a couple minutes. I mean, I kind of get that. I mean, this seems like a very unique, yeah, item. Uh, when did you say the other uh, Magic: The Gathering crossover book happened? I think it was in November of last year. November, December, something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Um, this Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica was the name of that book. Now, this just seems really interesting and a great, great way to kind of. Combine two of its biggest properties. Oh, yeah. Uh, and maybe even to give a boost to magic. I'd be kind of curious um, as to what that might do. Um, but, I mean, this is fucking gorgeous. I, I don't know if this is... Would you say... Is this more for... Is this more for, like, hardcore players? Like, more well-experienced? Or, like, if you're kind of new-ish, you can kind of, like, grab a, this, this, a detail here or there that kind of like piques your interest to magic or just to, to this to this book here uh this you could just as easy this is this could go for beginners this could go i feel like for the hardcore hardcore because like it, it it's greek mythology and everyone's heard of hercules everyone's heard of you know mm-hmm. perseus or whatever. like you've heard of these things so they've been would, retold countless times oh yeah yeah so you just by having that knowledge, even if you never play D&D, if you step into this world, you'll have a general understanding of just how things work, which makes it, you know, it'll be very easy for people with that crossover appeal where it's like, I know nothing about D&D. I know nothing about magic, but I really enjoy Greek mythology. So I think it's a great place to kind of enter. Okay. If you're going to be, you know, maybe entering. So I'm just super, super excited for this going forward. Really, really. It's... Some of the best news I heard today. <laughs> uh, well, when you do bring it in for a product sandwich, when it does happen, yes. um, I'll be excited to check I, it out. And I'm going to put the... the alt cover in the Discord if I can. See, that was, see, but that's the thing though. Like, compared, both covers are very nice. With I was Eberron. Yeah. The 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 stock one looked very like blah. Generic. Yeah, but the 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 special one. Yes. With that matte black look. Yeah. Which is I think the one we all bought. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal. I'm going to put both in the Discord, and we can discuss it there. I like that idea. Uh, should I put it in the shelf? I'll, I'll, we'll finish the show, and I'll put it there. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, so there's other D&D news, which, let's be honest, this is this is some serious shit right here. Uh, a Minneapolis brewery Ooh. is putting out some Dungeons & Dragons-esque uh, inspired beers. Ooh. It's called Tabletop Session. Uh, it is a New England IPA that comes in a four-pack with different labels on each can. Each can has a different character for an original D&D-style campaign, uh, which was released February 17th. Ooh. Uh, it's being described as a relatively straightforward qu- quest that is accessible for beginners. If it offers any comfort for uh, RBG newbies, the guide says, if a character wants to try something crazy or there's confusion about a rule, just make something up and try to roll with it as best you can. It's only a game on a beer can, after all. And that's actually in the quote. 
<laughs> um, to play, just buy a four-pack, distributed uh, the cans around the table, and the Game Master can head to tabletopsessions.com to guide your band of misfits on a journey search. Oh, God, can I order the beer? I that do... sounds like something I oh, definitely I don't want to take part I in. Oh, I don't know if I can. What was that? I would definitely want to take part in that if that was a thing. While you only need a single four-pack to play, it's a session beer, so you'll probably want two or three four-packs before you can complete the quest of your Elder Draft. <laughs> um, this looks phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'll be the first to uh, admit that uh, OG and I, we like our craft beers. Yes. Uh, a lot. Maybe too much for me. <laughs> um uh, you know the the brewery down the street from here, Sandwich? They're actually doing like fruit stripe gum Ooh. beer. I need to pick it up. <laughs> I need to, but that's a side note. Um, so what's the hell is the name of this brewery? Do do do. Double checking because I don't know how any of this stuff works. I'm sure they can't just. Um, I don't know if it's like an in-store I think it's thing. Lift Bridge Brewing Company. I believe that's the name. Um, because <laughs> if I can, I want to see what I can do to have. Uh, this beer ship uh, uh, sent to my house because uh, I think it has to happen. God damn. I mean, this is just really original and cool. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. There was a beer can. Um, beer can. There is a, uh, a brewery. I want to say, I want to say it was somewhere like South Carolina for some reason. Uh-huh. They did like a, um, Saturday morning breakfast cereals. <laughs> so it was like Lucky Charmed, I believe. It was definitely Lucky Charms. I want to say Corn Pops for some reason, but I can't remember. That sounds both delicious and horrible. Um, the Lucky Charms specifically looked amazing. That's why I can still I remember that so vividly right now. Um, but it, they get a lot of publicity, yeah. and it's a great conversation starter. And honestly, D and D is still like over the last. Five, what would you say? Five to ten years. Like comic books have been kind of like more accepted, accepted like in like yeah, the general we, culture. We've entered pop culture. Yes. Um, well, except well, not well, pop culture, but as much as like like general conversations. Huh. Oh yeah. Okay. I I feel like it's more it's not frowned upon like it once was like yeah. twenty years ago. Um, I'd be kind of interested to see though if like while having a a, a beer with somebody with a buddy of yours. You know, maybe you're big into D&D, but I'm not. Is, is this like a great conversation starter to kind of get the ball rolling to get people into into the beer, uh, into the game, right? into the beer, uh, into the game? I'll be kind of interested to see if uh, if that makes any difference whatsoever. So I, uh, as someone who drinks beer and plays D&D like every weekend, very excited for this. I might have to buy some too. Uh, Play it, with my it, friends. It will definitely... I will definitely be investing. I will definitely be investigating this, um, for sure. So there you go. Um, now we do have some product yes. sandwich. Um, oh, we forgot the. Or do you want to save that one? For, we'll save for that. Next we'll save so that. let's just do this. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna try to. I'll do. I'll do. What you said. Okay. Uh, and we actually got a comment from uh, Will. He says, "Damn, got sidetracked. Uh, uh, all you are talking beer is gonna have to rewatch later." Will, I promise you, I'll actually send you the link in the Discord too, uh, so you can send it, see everything. It's actually pretty cool. Um, so we are going to be talking about, um, a art print I picked up from Sideshow. Now I've never picked up an art print from Sideshow before. I picked up stuff from artists, uh, but never something, uh, framed like this. So this is a Creepshow art print from Brian Rude, R-O-O-D, uh, that I picked up through Sideshow and I picked up the framed one. So, um, Creepshow, like I, uh, I've mentioned, uh, previously, 
uh, is on Shutter. It had its first season. I think it was six episodes. There were two stories uh, in each one of the episodes. Uh, and what they do is they went with a classic comic book uh, EW horror um, with the cover being like the main monsters or the main pivotal character of the of a particular episode. Um, and I just love the collage here. Yeah, I absolutely adore the in terms of the the, the glossy poster itself. Um, so let's go into it here. So uh, it has a seal of authentic authenticity. Nice hand signed by the artist Brian Rude. Ooh. Um, uh, acid free paper it is seventeen by twenty two. Uh, limited edition to five hundred and is officially licensed by AMC, who owns Shutter. Um. And I think it looks stellar. Now, I bought the framed version because on the frame uh, version, you're able to get this red pinstripe. Uh, it had two versions of it. It had a black one and it had a white one. And with, as you can see, Sandwich, yes. uh, I think the red just works so perfectly it with the, the frame because it plays off of the, the red uh, banner off the top of the would-be comic book. Yeah. Uh, now, Big Kev has said it in a very loving way. I need to step up my my art on my walls. I need more <laughs> art. One art, please. So um, I saw this, and I was like, you know, this is a good place as any to kind of get the ball rolling uh, in this case. Um, it just kind of fits me perfectly. Now, the reason it's still in the wrapper, uh-huh. I would love to get uh, a handful of people to sign it. I would love to get um, uh, the 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 person who's in charge of Shutter, uh-huh. I would like to get the guy Greg Nicotero, okay, um, who helped kind of get the show off the ground. Um, I would love to get Stephen King. God, that would be awesome. Yeah, uh, and Tom Savini, the man, the myth, the legend. Yes, uh, creative effects uh, pioneer. Yeah, uh, if you don't know much about him, I highly do recommend just seeing if there's like a documentary or like a little short video kind of just highlighting him. Uh, and his, um, uh, his, uh, I don't want to say rise to power, but his, 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 uh, career, um, another Italian dude. So I think you'll be, you'll, you'll respect him. You know, <laughs> I know you're racist against people, What? <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, I, I just think this is a really nice frame piece. I've never ordered, like I said, a framed piece of artwork from Sideshow. Um, it was delivered in a, uh, giant oversized UPS box. Uh, but it was totally safe, wrapped in bubble wrap to all hell. Um, and there's no nicks, there's no scratches. If anything, I'm just really worried about taking it out of the wrapper so I can have the artist sign it. That's going to be my only issue here. And now i got to figure out how can I get this signed because now every time I look at it, if I hang it up on the wall, I'll say, it it's, something. it's missing something yeah. right now. Um but what do you think, Sandwich? I mean, I feel like so, for, I, I know for me, like this is exactly up my alley. But someone walking into my house, you see this hanging on the wall. Someone who doesn't care about horror. What are your thoughts? Even though I don't like horror, I'm not a big horror guy. It's well documented here on the show. <laughs> I really still like the piece. Like it's still a beautiful piece we have right here. Like I appreciate beautiful art, and that's a beautiful piece of art. Like I, I would want that on my wall, and I'm not even a horror person and I would love to have that. And honestly, I, 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 it, I feel like it seems kind of lame, but that the red pinstripe is what really makes it. 
It, it, I don't know if this makes sense. It seems more horror-y. Like, it, it kind of makes sense to have, like, a red pinstripe on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense at all. I think it's just a coincidental thing. Like, it's I think it's either black or white, for the most part, that they offer it in. Hmm. But I think I think the red just really just helps it bring it out and kind of makes it more stellar. And right now, it behind, it's behind the crappy plastic, uh, the cellophane plastic. So I think it's even nicer. It, it'll pop more, uh, hopefully, after the fact. Hmm. So there's that. Complete, sort of horror related. I learned the other day the mm-hmm. guy who made Lock and Key, mm-hmm. like Joe Hill. Joe Hill. Did you know that Stephen King's son? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. It is. It's just, I don't know. The guy writes good stuff. Did you read the, the com- Did you read the comics yet? I read like a little bit actually. I found it online somewhere and I read a little snippet, but I couldn't I couldn't get more of it. It's uh absolutely worth reading. It's one of my favorite books. Yeah. Like not Marvel. I DC. have to jump into that. It, it's really enjoyable. Um, as I did a YouTube video of it, which I know you saw, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but it's told in a non-linear format. Uh, gets very personal with the family. Uh, very suspenseful. Uh, I think the big, the only problem I had with it was the fact that uh, IDW screwed up in terms of the numbering thing. The right? numbering, yeah, because it, it's all over the place. It's honestly it just, from five to one a bunch of times. <laughs> Read the digital versions. Yeah. I never, I tell people like, go, go with what you want. This is one of those rare situations. Um, I can think of like a hand, handful of titles where it's like, <clears throat> go with the digital because it tells you like, coming up next is this book. Yeah. It's just easier, man. <laughs> it just is. Buying the individual books is a nightmare. Buying the trades might be a little bit uh, easier as well, but that's my take on that. Um, so there you go. That's that. Uh, I still haven't gotten past episode three, though. I have started episode one. I'm, my girlfriend wants to watch it with me. She's watched it. Mm-hmm. I just haven't had time to sit down and watch it with her yet. I hope it gets better. That's all I can say. I'm, I don't like the scary things, so I don't want to get frightened. Because I don't like being a frightened sandwich. Well, good news, sandwich. Yeah? Because the one thing you do like is the wrap-up music, and I'm hearing oh. that right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My whole mood just changed. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Well, you can catch us each and every week over at GeekStuffTNG.com. You can catch us at GeekStuffTNG over at Instagram, over at Facebook, over on the Twitters. Yes. You can catch me online at Monty's Mayhem, M-O-N-T-E-S-M-A-Y-H-E-M. That is on Instagram. That's on Twitter. That's on Snapchat. Most importantly, on the YouTube. Yes. Uh, I ventured to do a, uh, a Gomez unboxing for the very first time. Yes. Which was terrible. <laughs> but uh, where is it? I can't grab the figures over there. Uh, but uh, my first time doing an unboxing, piece. which was, I love this Mezco fucking Gomez, the gold-plated head. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. My buddy gave me a hard time because I took it out of the box. But I'm like, no, I'm keeping this. You can't it's, appreciate it unless you this can is, this, this one's going on the shelf. I yes. don't care. Um, so uh, I, I will be doing whole, maybe some more unboxings, some more comic book videos. Because I like doing that stuff. So yeah. Much. I don't care what you tell me. I'm going to continue it. <laughs> we're not going to take it. No, we're not going to take it. Not anymore. Sandwich, what is your uh, social media? You can find me on the Xbox One Network and Instagram at Fat Dumbledore. F-A-T-D-O-M-B-L-E-D-O-R-E. You want something funny real quick? What's up? Uh, one of these kids I went to high school with messaged me the other day. He's like, why is your name Fat Dumbledore? I'm like, it's a long story, Aww. and I don't have time for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy. Um, yeah. Uh, well, thanks for stopping by. And yes. uh, thanks for everybody else who has um, uh, listened to the episode, who's helped us out on Patreon. Uh, and you just hit us up and continues to download the show. It is greatly appreciated. Um, and on that note, sandwich. And with that, Mr. Mayhem and Mr. The Rocky, 
we're going to put this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 579. Uh, we'll do it live. We'll do it live to a close by saying good night, OG. And Big Kev. Wherever they are. And on that note, we cue the music. Music.